What's going on guys welcome back inside yet another episode of big easy in the big apple the destination for the Houdat nation it's your host chris was you can follow me on twitter report at rose report and also on instagram at the same exact handle now this episode is going to be a little bit different so earlier in the week i got to talk to trey hendrickson i told you guys on twitter that he's feeling a lot better from that neck injury when he spoke to me at first and you'll hear the interview in just a brief moment he was hesitant to say whether or not he would start uh would play excuse me on sunday but he did practice in full on wednesday uh mind you we spoke on the phone around tuesday night so he wasn't sure yet but he did tell me that around wednesday or thursday i'll have a clear idea so at this point it kind of actually looks like trey is going to play on sunday but we'll see but anyway you'll hear an interview from trey hendrick in just a brief moment and then i'll talk about who should start at quarterback for the saints on sunday and whether or not they'll come out victorious against the arizona Cardinals this weekend without further ado let's get into that interview all right now joining me inside big easy in the big apple is saints defensive end trey hendrickson first off trey how's the neck injury and how are you feeling right now in your progression i'm uh, doing much better i got a great um, medical staff around me that are taking care of me and I should be back in action. Now, do you think you'll be able to play this weekend against the Cardinals or is it something you kind of have to wait and feel out and maybe wait until after the bye week? Uh, uh, that's the goal is to play every week, uh, but we're going to reassess everything uh, and we'll go from there up no by uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, prior to the injury, you were playing the best football of your young career. What's been the difference for you? Is it getting more experience? Is it something you've changed? What's going on? I don't feel like anything's just changing. It's just kind of like uh, I've been prepared for the last uh, two years and opportunities presenting itself, and I'm uh, not going to let an opportunity slip through my fingers. Now, you have another year remaining on your rookie deal, so there's no you know panic there yet. Uh, but when you're out there on the field, do you ever get cut off, caught up thinking, you know, man, I have to make a play to earn my next contract, or you just kind of go out there stress-free and go about your business? Uh, I've played the same game of football since I was little, and uh, I love the game, and I give it 100%, and I let the pieces fall where they do. Uh, it's not anything I feel any pressure to make plays or anything. Uh, I feel like the week of preparation is the most important thing, and then execution on Sundays. Now, the defensive line, it's, it's loaded with talent. You would know, obviously. Um, it's a tough answer, a tough question to answer, excuse me, objectively. But do you think you guys, from top to bottom, in terms of depth, have the best D-line in football? I feel like after the season, the uh, team that's hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy is the best team, and uh, everything will fall from there. I mean, season statistics, all that stuff, those are great, but uh, the there's a goal in mind for every team, and that's to win the uh, Super Bowl. So uh, I feel like the best team always wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> that said, you brought up the Super Bowl. You guys have been close, very close. And it's been tough with the Minnesota Miracle. It's been tough with the no-call. I'm not going to ask you to you know, go me, you know, take me through that. But how does Sean continue to get you guys motivated year in, year out? Uh, well, we have uh, the next week, you know, it's uh, – 
we we don't uh, really look back on anything. It's kind of like a next play mentality. It's a next game mentality, and it's in this case, it's the next season mentality. Um, the way these teams handled adversity since I've been here, I, I could be uh, proud to say I've been a part of. And uh, you know, we're just like I said, the next game, and right now it's Arizona. Now you play alongside Cam Jordan, one of the best players in football. Um, when you see him on camera, he seems very outgoing, uh, very outspoken, cracks a couple of jokes. Is he the same way in the locker room? Yeah, he's the same guy on and off the field. You know, I mean, he's even he's got a little bit of a intense streak when there's time to get things done, but uh, he's 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 the same guy day in and day out. He goes to work and he does his job, and that's a, he's a good guy to have in the locker room. When Drew went down, it seemed like everyone on the outside was saying, "Oh, the Saints are toast. The Saints are done." Period. What was said inside the locker room for you guys to rally around and pull off a five-game winning streak? Uh, that kind of goes back to the next game mentality, you know, next season mentality. It's a uh, you know next man up mentality too with us. It's uh, when somebody goes down, it just brings opportunity for the next guy, and we had a lot of faith in Teddy, and he's executed. Now. Like you said, you're progressing well and with your rehab and everything. You're going to return to the field eventually. Do you have any goals for the second half of the season outside of obviously, you know, hoisting the Lombardi, which would be great, but do you have any personal goals? Everybody has personal goals, and that's why they're called personal goals is because I want to keep those personal. But uh, I'm excited to get back on the field. And last question for you, Trey. Um, the feeling around this team. Now, I'm not saying make me a Super Bowl prediction. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but – do you guys feel something special building in the locker room right now? We have a lot of chemistry, and we're a hardworking team, and that's uh, we execute on Sundays. That's about it. <laughs> well, hopefully, Trey, you guys end up getting to that next step, getting to the Super Bowl, and lifting the Lombardi Trophy. Thank you so much for the time and everything, and I hope you come back on the field shortly and start doing what you were doing in the beginning of the season, getting after the opposing quarterback. No problem. Thanks for having me. Once again, that was Saints defensive end Trey Hendrickson joining the show, and always a pleasure to have any Saints former current um, player get on the show and talk a little bit about the team and what's going on this season. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about who should start for the Saints, what matchups are going to be important against the Cardinals, and if the Saints can extend their uh, winning streak to six games. All that coming up right after this short message. Welcome back inside the second half of Big Easy in the Big Apple. Now you just heard the Trey Hendrickson interview, and now we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about the Saints' upcoming matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, and it should be a fun one. Uh, you have the Saints who are rolling on a five-game winning streak right now, but you also have the Cardinals who, under Cliff Kingsbury, are turning heads, and they've won three games straight. They're actually 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. They've done a good job of staying competitive, despite playing in the arguably the best division in football, the NFC West, which has the Seahawks, the Rams, the Niners, and they're all playing at a high level. So you got to give the Cardinals their credit, and what it does is it actually negates any of those you know BS headlines that this could be a trap game. The Saints know who they're playing; they're playing a team that has just as much momentum as they do right now, and they got to be ready for the challenge. And they also have to be ready for rookie quarterback Kyler Murray, who's having a pretty good start to the season. And despite concerns about his height and his you know his size. He's done a really good job of playing turnover-free football over the last couple of weeks. Uh, even though he didn't have the best game last Sunday against the Giants, 
He still had 104 passing yards and about 30 rushing yards, and he didn't turn over the football. He kind of just let his guys make plays, and Chase Edmonds, a former Fordham uh, player, ended up having three touchdowns against the Giants. So Arizona's a threat, and Arizona now has Patrick Peterson, who just came back from suspension. He made his debut season debut on uh, last Sunday as well. Cardinals look like a good team, and although the Saints should be and will be heavily favored, there's a couple of matchups that are going to dictate who comes out in this one. And the first one for me is going to be, uh, you know, the no brainer Patrick Peterson versus Michael Thomas. You got one of the best corners in football versus arguably the best wide receiver in football. And whenever you get that culmination right there, it's going to be a really good game uh, and a one-on-one that you need to watch every single snap. Now here's the deal. And this is where it might change. Patrick Peterson, although he does travel with the top receiver most of the time, he usually doesn't travel into the slot. Michael Thomas does travel and go into the slot um, a decent amount each game. So there will be times where Michael Thomas is going to have a lesser corner against him and he will be able to thrive. Now, even with Patrick Peterson, I still think he's going to be able to thrive because although Pat Pete's an amazing corner, he the one thing that Mike will beat him in is just being physically dominant and Although Peterson's held his own against a lot of good receivers and and some plays on Sunday, you'll see he will hold his own. Michael Thomas just wears down the opposing corner. And I think he's going to be able to do that. And if he can, like we saw last week, and we've seen every week of the season, it opens up the offense. Once, once Michael Thomas gets going, everything starts clicking and they just find ways to get, you know, get the ball also to Josh Hill, get it to Ted Ginn, um, just move it to a bunch of guys who, might not be you know household names for some, but they're going to be wide open because Michael Thomas attracts so much attention. So Peterson versus Thomas, who's going to win that matchup? That could decide who ends up winning this game. Let's move over to a really interesting one. And this one, it's it's probably, um, for people who love watching battles in the trenches, it's the best matchup that NFL has to offer you in week eight. It's Ryan Ramchek versus Chandler Jones. Ryan Ramchek's a stud. Saints fans don't need to be told that twice. He's taken every good pass rusher out of the equation. J.J. Watt, week one, held off the scoreboard. Khalil Mack, last week, didn't even get a sack. So we've seen him do it time and time again. Shaq Barrett, a couple of weeks ago, was the you know hot commodity in the NFL uh, You know with nine sacks going into New Orleans. And guess what? Ramchek kept him silent. So I think we've known at this point, and he earns he's earned his respect around the league, that he's the best right tackle in football. And now... He's going up against Chandler Jones, who had four sacks last week against the Giants. And now he's going to be you know, tasked with stopping another premier pass rusher. And Chandler Jones has eight and a half sacks on the season. So he knows what Chandler is. But at the same time, Chandler Jones had four of those eight and a half sacks against a Giants offensive line that I can tell you from firsthand experience watching the Giants on a weekly basis is one of the worst in the NFL in terms of their tackles. The interior of their O-line is good. But their tackles, they have issues, and Chandler Jones was able to exploit that. So I think this is going to be an interesting matchup, but I have to ride the hot hand here. I think the Saints have the edge. Ramchek is playing at an elite level. He's going to be a first-team All-Pro at this pace. And although Chandler Jones is an amazing talent, and he is certainly an elite player, he's not Khalil Mack. So if Ramchek plays the same way he played against Khalil Mack, against Chandler Jones, now, obviously your style is different against someone with a different technique, but... The results should hold the same. He should be able to keep his quarterback clean against Chandler Jones. Now, the third matchup, and this is the last one that I'll bring up before I get into the quarterback competition. Well, not even competition, really. Just who's going to play quarterback and who wins this game. It's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson 
versus Larry Fitzgerald. You got an uh, absolute legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer, the best receiver of his generation, versus an up-and-coming rookie who just made his first start, is feeling himself, he knows that he's a talented player, and he can make a bunch of big plays for this defense. Now, how does he handle going up against a savvy veteran who is an absolute monster and, and just plays football the right game. He's great with his routes. He's great in and out of his break. He's got an amazing release from the line of scrimmage. He's got to go up against Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The edge would say it goes with Fitz. But the one thing I'm going to say about you know CG, uh, CGJ, that's just hard to say anyway, but the one thing you see with Gardner-Johnson is that he does not back down from a challenge. He didn't back down against Chicago. And he's not going to back down against Larry Fitzgerald. And he'll probably chirp at the legend. I'm sure Fitz is just going to you know, throw that in the back burner because he's dealt with guys bigger, uh, more verbal, stronger, whatever you want to say, than Gardner Johnson. But I want to see how the rookie responds to a, a wide receiver who's mastered his craft over the last couple of years in the slot. Fitz was obviously an amazing player outside, but he's really, when they got Bruce Arians several years ago, he became a slot receiver strictly and turned into one of the best in the league. So... Gardner Johnson did his job against the Anthony Millers and the Taylor Gabriels of the world. This is a step up now. Now he's going up against Fitz. I think Gardner Johnson's a heck of a talent. I've said it multiple times. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it on the podcast. He was a steal for the New Orleans Saints. They got him in the fourth round. It was tremendous value for a kid from Florida who everyone thought should have been a second-round pick. If he has another big game, we can make the argument P.J. Williams has lost his starting spot. That doesn't mean P.J. Williams won't see the field because good corners and you know teams just need four capable cornerbacks, and they will if when P.J. comes back. But it does make life a little bit harder um, for the Saints to say, ah, you know, do we take Gardner Johnson out? He's playing well. So if he can keep you know keep pace and hold his own against Larry Fitz, I think he might end up winning the starting job. But that's going to be an important matchup to watch. You want to make sure you can limit Fitzgerald because. I think Lattimore should be able to hold down the fort against Christian Kirk. So you just have to make sure you keep the legend off the scoreboard um, in this matchup. But it's going to be a key one to watch. So you want to watch Patrick Peterson versus Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchick versus Chandler Jones, which I think is just an amazing matchup, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson versus Larry Fitzgerald. Now, the big question, who's starting at quarterback for the Saints? It's not a controversy. It's not a debate as to who's better. We know whose team it is. It's a debate as whether or not the Saints should take an extra two weeks to rest Drew Brees or play him on Sunday. And I've been very adamant about this on Twitter. I'm going to continue to say this and keep my stance the same that I've had. I have been so impressed with Teddy Bridgewater. I think he deserves to be the successor for Drew Brees. I would like to see him be the successor for Drew Brees. I think he's done a tremendous job, and there's too many people out there not giving him his credit. They're saying, oh, it's Sean Payton. Oh, it's the defense. And yeah, all those things are true. But if every quarterback in the National Football League gets credit for their wins, Teddy deserves to get credit too. And he's done that, 5-0. and He hasn't lost this year. That said, the minute number nine is cleared and the doctors say Brees is ready to go, you play Drew Brees. And I know the Saints have a bye week, and I know people want him to rest, and that's fine. I understand where you're coming from. But here's the reality. Because Drew got hurt this year, anytime he gets hit, fans are going to hold their breath. They're going to be nervous. Anytime he gets up, they're going to make sure he's not you know, twiddling his thumb and it looks like something's wrong. He's going to be cleared. He's already been cleared. The Saints are just playing mind games at this point. I think Drew Brees is playing on Sunday. The only thing that will stop him is if he has a setback in practice. And considering what he's done, he's been throwing a football for multiple weeks now. I don't think he's going to have that setback. Obviously, you don't want him to. 
I think he's playing Sunday. I think what the Saints are doing is they know the Cardinals have a rookie coach with a defensive coordinator who just got there this year, and they're going to play mind games. They're going to make them prepare for Bridgewater and Drew Brees. And then you realize it's game time and Brees is under center and he's playing. So I know people are going to panic about that idea that Brees is playing, you know, six weeks after injuring his thumb. But it's fine. It all works with the timeline. We were all saying the minute he comes back, he's got to play. Just because the Saints won those five games, it doesn't mean he doesn't have to play. Yes, you have the luxury of saying, Drew Brees, you can take the week off and Bridgewater will start. You do have that luxury. But you know what would be an even better luxury for the Saints? If Brees plays on Sunday, he looks sharp, he's in a rhythm, and now he's got two weeks to sit back, get into the lab with Sean Payton, and figure out what they're going to you know, game plan to, one, kick the teeth in for the Atlanta Falcons who are reeling right now on in Week 10, and two, figure out how they're going to strategize for the second half of the season as they try to make a postseason and Super Bowl run and maybe the last season of Drew Brees' career. That's the scenario you want. And Brees isn't going to back down and say, yeah, I'll let Teddy start another week if he's healthy. That's not Drew Brees. And he shouldn't have to back down. He shouldn't have to step aside. Drew Brees has been supportive of Teddy. He will be. He And if he wasn't, he would never help him on the sideline. He wouldn't rush to come back and help them out. He wouldn't be in meetings all the time, nonstop, giving help to Teddy. Drew Brees wants Teddy to succeed, but it's his team still. And the best chance the Saints have of getting to the ultimate goal of making a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl is with Brees. Not resting him two more weeks because we're scared he might get hurt. You can't delay the inevitable. If Drew Brees is going to get hurt again, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if they play him on Sunday or if they rest him two to three more weeks. It doesn't matter. What's going to happen is going to happen. Either he's going to stay healthy and he's going to be fine after this injury or unfortunately it's going to affect him. But there's only one way of finding out. You got to play him. So if the doctors clear him and Sean Payton trusts him and your Hall of Fame quarterback who's been through hell and back and knows every little thing and knows and understands his body, knows when he's right, says, I want to play and I can play and I'm ready, you got to play him. It's not much more you can say. Bridgewater's been great. He deserves a big payday. I hope he stays with the Saints. But now you hand it over to number nine. You did good, kid. Now you hand it over to number nine and he takes you home. That's how it was supposed to go. That's how we all knew it was supposed to go. But everyone started changing their mind a little bit once they went 5-0. and The Saints aren't going to take any team lightly. They want the best version of their team out there on Sunday against the Cardinals. The best version of that team is their Hall of Fame quarterback under center. So that's your answer. Drew Brees, in my opinion, needs to be the starter on Sunday. I think he's going to be the starter on Sunday. And even if he wasn't, it doesn't change what I think is going to happen this game. I think the New Orleans Saints are going to beat the Arizona Cardinals by 30, a score of 30 to 20. Here's the deal right now. The Cardinals are on a three-game winning streak, but you always have to look at who you've beaten and how you've beaten them. They beat the Bengals barely on a game-winning field goal. The Bengals right now are 0-7. Okay, then they beat the Falcons by one point. The Falcons missed an extra point to send it in overtime, so you're kind of living on a prayer there. How about week three? How about the you know the third win of that streak? Well, you beat a Giants team that you're up 17-0, and then all of a sudden, that game was tied. And then all of a sudden, you needed um, you know, a couple of strong drives at the end to finish it out 27-21. to 21. And if Patrick Peterson doesn't force a fumble, the Giants go down the field and maybe score to win the game. So I'm not discrediting the Cardinals on the team. They're a competitive team. And I really think Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray are going to, you know, they're going to do this for a while. They're going to be a very good head coach quarterback duo. But they go into the dome. The D-line can get after Kyler Murray. I think they're going to want to play contain. You want to make him a pocket quarterback. His best throws are always on the run because he's a, he's a playmaker. That's what he is. 
You want to keep him contained. You want to shut down the receivers. David Johnson, in my opinion, is not playing on Sunday. For them to sign running backs, I do not think he's playing. And yeah, the Saints won't have Alvin Kamara at this rate, but maybe they do. You never know. And even if they don't, it's the Latavius Murray show. He will get the job done. I think Breeze is going to be under center. I think there's going to be a couple of drives where like, it doesn't look right, but he'll get his rhythm going. And I think the Saints end up winning 30-20 to to extend their winning streak to 6 get them to 7-1, and one, and you go into the bye. And guess what? After that game, Breeze still gets two more weeks to rest his thumb after having a nice start, hopefully, against the Arizona Cardinals. But that's what I think is going to happen in that game. I think the Saints are going to win. I think Breeze is the starter, and I already told you why. I think that's the deal. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great day on Thursday. Have a great rest of your weekend as well. And hopefully the Saints are able to manage another victory when maybe Breeze makes his return to the field on Sunday.